to Embedded Insiders. I am Laura Dolan. I am here with Rich Nass, Brandon Lewis, and Alex Colt, and we are all in the same room, which is a very rare occurrence, so this is a rare treat, and today we'll be talking about containers. Okay, we're in this room, which is about 70 degrees, and it's 114 outside. How do you people live here? <laughs> The blood thins. The blood thins. Not that thin. There's no way. It's 114. Air conditioning. We're we're in Phoenix, Arizona, everybody. I burned my feet walking outside with shoes on. (laughs) Anyway. That's why you need steel-toed boots. That's right. What makes me think about, you know, on a non-sequitur to a degree... How do you design for 114 ambient? You know? Yeah, everyone says our stuff will work in 80, 90 degrees, but... You, you walk outside with an electronic device in this weather, I mean, you're running a risk. Speaking of design, we were introduced to containers. Brandon, the professor, define containers for us. Um, a container is something you put something in. Genius. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like Tupperware? <laughs> so I, I had lunch earlier, and I threw it out in a container. No, but we're actually right now talking about enterprise containers, which are having more and more of an impact on the Internet of Things space. And basically, what an enterprise container does, the most popular of these uh, that listeners may have heard of, um, it's like a Docker. And what that is, is it's basically packaging an application and everything that it needs to run in any sort of environment into one little container of software, um, and then you'd shoot it out across uh, the enterprise. And because um, in enterprise environments, everything is typically very monolithic. You know, you've got basically Windows and Linux, and, uh, you know, Intel's pretty prevalent as a hardware platform. And all of the resources are all there virtualized for you, just waiting for your application to run. All of the things that are bundled up in this container, you know, all of the drivers, all any dependencies that the application may have, allow the container to land on an operating system and then just run on its own wherever it uh, is deployed. So is this a moving hypervisor? In a way, yes, but really it's not a hypervisor. It's not virtualization at the processor level. It's more virtualization at the operating system level. So you're talking about containers running on a containerized operating system. And one of the benefits of that, of course, is that you can update this application without affecting the rest of the system. So you may, and this is why it's really relevant to IoT, so say something happens and there's a security vulnerability in an application or you want to update something. You just need to update that particular container. You don't have to reboot the OS. You don't have to um, affect the entire rest of the system. You just make an update to that container. And also as a sort of consequence of that, If something happens within a container, it's also isolated from the rest of the system. So say there's some piece of malware or something bad that happens, a fault um, in one application. It doesn't go ahead and destroy the rest of the system stack. But there has to be some connection between what's in the container and the rest of the system. It can't be completely isolated. There still has to be a backdoor in there somewhere. Yeah, correct. So there... Going back to Docker, there are container. There is a container management layer. It's sort of similar to like what a hypervisor does, right? The hypervisor manages all of the resources of a processor, and similarly, this sort of container orchestration layer manages all the resources of the operating system and the containers that are riding on top of it. So you're really 
putting the pressure, is not the right word, but it's the operating system that's really managing this whole process. Yeah, so there are containerized operating systems, and those are growing in popularity. The problem for our traditional audience, the embedded guys, is that these are heavier, more what we would consider bloated general purpose operating systems, usually based on, on Linux or something. And they're not what you would consider... Elegant? <laughs> they're not what you would consider real-time. They're not what you would consider small footprint. And, you know, they're, they're not deterministic. I mean, these are still very enterprise-centric types of uh, technologies that are being pushed further and further down because of those capabilities I mentioned earlier. You know, being able to update things, being able to partition uh, certain types of software or pieces of software from others, those are all very IoT-centric concepts. But then again, when you start getting into the embedded side of things, you still have to worry about determinism and control and you know, all of those things. Just like Tupperware. Just <laughs> like Tupperware. Well, I mean, the compartmentalization of the containers mm -hmm. is the point I'm gathering. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And and I think you, you're starting to hear this term more and more in the IoT and embedded space is workload consolidation. People are more and more trying to take advantage of multi-core processors. I know we've talked about this before, Rich. A lot of embedded developers have been using multi-core processors for a long time and probably didn't even know it. Or but, weren't using them correctly. Correct. But an embedded, so many embedded processors now are multi-core that it's really easy to put a bunch of different types of applications in the traditional virtualization context onto one processing platform. And some of those could be embedded, some of those could be enterprise, and run them just the same. You would, in this case, probably have, you would definitely have to have a, a hypervisor, a bare metal hypervisor. But you could, in theory, run an enterprise operate, containerized operating system on a couple of cores and then have containers running on top of that operating system and then have your embedded legacy code or just straight bare metal code or a real-time operating system running elsewhere. So this workload consolidated system means that instead of having a bunch of different platforms handling discrete functions, you're packing them all into one platform and that helps cut costs, you know, improves ROI and all that stuff. For the record, that was Brandon who said, it's easy to do this. <laughs> it's, it's simple. <laughs> well, now, the one thing I have, question I have, I'm the hardware guy in the room. Mm -hmm. Obviously, virtualization is one thing, and you're binning these functions. Would you say it's like on the hardware side, like SOC, where I'm integrating all the functionalities into a single chip, or is it more that in the case of this, I'm binning the tasks? Or I'm binning. So what am I exactly binning here? Well, in this case, you would be actually isolating, segregating the actual operating system. Because like we said before, the operating system, you have to have a containerized operating system to run containers. So those would run on however many cores you need to run said operating system, right? And then in the if you have an actual hypervisor, you know, Mentor, Wind River, guys like that have been creating these forever. You can run whatever you want in these other, on these other cores. You can run bare metal code. You can deploy an RTOS. You can do whatever you want. And, and one of the beauties of this is that actually because it's a subsystem, you can certify that subsystem for safety reasons. Obviously, it's a lot more difficult to it's basically impossible to certify like a Linux operating system, but you can certify all the code that you had before that's embedded, air quotes, um, and you know, you're off and running, get the best of both worlds, enterprise and embedded on one platform. Very cool. 
Is that satisfactory, Rich? That is satisfactory. Thank you very much, Professor. All right, I'm going to throw uh, my gum in the container. New containers with so many uses. <laughs> if you'd like to check out our podcasts, we have them posted at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and TuneIn Plus Alexa. And, of course, you can always check them out on our website that we post once a week. And we're at www.embedded-computing.com. Thank you all for tuning in. Thank you.